FM nominal. Five FM celebrating Women's Day. Our phenomenal women sit down to chat with some more phenomenal women. Nicola Cooper. Yes. Welcome to Five FM's phenomenal, phenomenal podcast series for Women's Month. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for agreeing to sit down with us. Thank you for having me. I did a bit of a social media stalk of you, I won't <laughs> lie, but I think every good presenter or host has to do that. Absolutely. Your social media is on fleek. Thank you. Listen, so you are, for those of you who don't know, Nicola is a trained analyst, right? Nicola, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know exactly what that is, so please <laughs> break down your job title for us. So a trained analyst um, basically analyzes the past and the present in order to forecast the future. Um, so it really, it's around sociology, psychology of consumers and um, being able to track their journey so that we can better provide for them. And we take into a number of different things, but mostly my work is about humanizing data okay. and, and making the consumer a human to brands. So in terms of trends and where we are now and moving into next year, what are some of the things you're looking at and where do you see us moving in terms of trends in general, whether it be clothing or branding or marketing or whatever it is? Sure. I mean, it, what's difficult to do is like pinpoint exactly what trend um, generally, but if I look at macro trends, there's obviously a continuation of the wellness um, diversity and I mean I hate to say it's a trend but hopefully it'll become more of a lifestyle but that kind of inclusivity diversity fourth wave feminism um, you know striving for equality um, in, in both racial and gender and those of course impact so many facets you know like um, creating new product opportunities but also better catering to more diverse consumers so yeah Awesome. And how, if I may ask, did you get into this? Because I know when you're younger, kids are like, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, even a unicorn, but no one ever says, Mom, I want to be a trend analyst. Well, it didn't really exist when I was young. Um, it's quite a new career, obviously, with the information overload. It's, mm -hmm. it's processing a lot of information. But weirdly enough, when I was a kid, I... Um, I wanted to track constellations, um, yeah. And then later on, I wanted to become a nose, which is a perfumer, you know, so. Really? So weird, I was a weird child. Um, but then, years later, I was giving a lecture to some students and I realized that, you know, uh, trend analysis is, is tracking patterns and we use a, a tool called the forecaster's nose. So it's so weird that, like, those analytical, yeah, full like, circle. So weird, and I was like really stumped when I realized that I kind of knew that it was there, but yeah. I didn't know what it was. You touched on the whole idea of a, it's a very modern career path. And very do you find so. that with it being Women's Month and all this, I feel like it's important for us to touch on it, but that with more modern careers and jobs that didn't exist, I'd say, 10, 20 years ago, is it a, a more even playing field for men and women? Or do you still feel like it is a, an industry dominated by men? Weirdly enough, you know, um, it, it, it is still 
uh, dominated, male dominated, and that's because uh, it also involves the the professional speaking environment. And as we know, that's quite male dominated. So there's very few females who are are trained speakers. But in the industry, I think specifically in fashion, there's a lot of females. Um, yeah. But the the actual role in South Africa is still quite small. We there's only a few of us, um, and um, majority of, of those are male, unfortunately. And so, if if there are young people out there who want to follow a similar career path, what do you study? Because nowadays it's very difficult to escape your parents wanting you to study or whatever. So what would you suggest going into your specific career? I think um, any of the human sciences, psychology, um, sociology, those kinds of spaces really prepare you. Um, but obviously, you know, some kind of data analytics. Um, and I think also to be able to think quite creatively um, because you're almost solving problems and seeing formations of information as patterns. So it's being able to be quite observant and um, sensitive to, to shifts in culture. Um, and I mean, there are a few places that offer trend analysis as a course, but I would also just reach out to industry professionals and, and get mentorship, get guidance. Um, a lot of people are willing to do so, including myself. And I think um, the more we do that, the more profound the ripple effect or the butterfly effect is on our Absolutely. community. I, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking like, your job is so dynamic, There's, everything is always changing and it's different. Is any two days the same for you or is it always something new? Take us through like a typical day in the life of Nicola work-wise. Well, I mean, it's it's really, the reason why I love it so much is because it is so diverse. I'm, I'm an information junkie and I'm an academic. So every time I work on a new project, I'm learning something new, which I love. Um, I really, really love it. Um, and I'm not even overemphasizing that. Um, but I think also running my own business and being an in-house trends person for an agency, um, they're also two very different roles. Um, I have staff members in my own business, and then I research and, and present and strategize in, in an agency environment. So those two spaces allow me to to have a different role um, and my own business deals more in the fashion spaces where um, within the agency it's food, it's Mother's oh, Day, <laughs> it's, um, it's also clothing but it's you know it's it's really diverse and, and I think that's why I wanted to do the duality of both because I was kind of known as the fashion person but that's not really how I'm trained, I'm trained across lifestyle uh, fashion and pop culture, so um, it allowed me the diversity that keeps me awake and interested all the and time. I also feel like the times we're living in, it's so much easier nowadays to pursue a passion and make a career out of it, whereas back in the day you almost had to go and study, you had to do this, you had to do that, so when you say you wake up every morning and you're happy doing what you do, I think that is like... So few people can say that. And so it's Absolutely. Really um, I'm very, very thankful for that. But I, I must admit, like early on in my career, I, I decided consciously that I would choose, 
I would choose passion and, and enjoyment and happiness over money. Um, and as a result of being happy and passionate, the money comes. Oh, yes. Um, so, I mean, it was quite a conscious decision when I was younger. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I love and I know that the money will come. And as a result... And that's not easy, but it's paid off. It has, yeah. And so I know, um, listening to your story, things haven't always been sunshine and roses. No. A couple of years ago, <laughs> something happened that completely changed your life and possibly made you more grateful about life in general. Do you mind unpacking that for us? Yeah, I mean, I had just gone on my own, um, into my own business uh, in about August and in the end of November 2015, I was in a near fatal head-on collision and, you know, my career was just like in my own business was starting to lift off. I just phoned back from presenting in Cape Town and I was meant to fly back uh, for a train talk at, at MAC Cosmetics and then I was supposed to fly to Barcelona and I was just catching up with a friend before I was to travel and I was coming home from dinner and man came up off ramp the wrong way and hit me head on and I woke up three weeks later. Wow. Yeah. And like, what was the, how did you pick yourself up from that? Because I'm assuming it put a massive halt on, on your work and your career and just your progress in life. So how do you like wake up and think to yourself, gosh, I need to pick up all the pieces and just carry on with life? It was, it was crazy. I mean, when I first woke up, my first thought was work. Unfortunately, I was like, oh, you know, my clients and my dad said to me like, what day what do, you do you think? think? <laughs> what day do you think it is? And I said, I don't know. And I think once I realized the situation I was in, I was just pretty thankful to be alive. And um, I had to learn some key things that I, I think I hadn't applied to myself, which was self-compassion and patience um, and, and just taking one step at a time, which is, you know, I think we often give everyone else the kind of kindness and patience that we don't give ourselves. Sounds, yeah. and, and I think that was a, a big learning curve for me to not sweat the small stuff and just take it as it comes. And, um, you know, the, the first year was rough. Um, you know, I was just healing. And of course, that had a profound impact on my business. I was just sustaining. Um, but I was able to sustain, which is very unusual for those kinds of circumstances after being in a coma and being in ICU for seven weeks. To be able to just sustain myself and live was enough. That's incredible. Um, but then, you know, after that, I think my demeanor changed. I, I was kinder with myself and as a result, I think kinder with people around me, softer. Um, which is something I really appreciate. I think it was a huge blessing in disguise. I didn't realize how hard I was being on myself at that time until I learned how not to be hard on myself. Did you approach business differently thereafter? Yeah, I mean, I, in a way, I think I kind of, if someone didn't want to work with me per se, I didn't push it. I was like, you know what? It's okay. Uh, I think in that way I was sort of like learning to just let go. Whereas in the past I would have hammered harder and I kind of just went, you know what, it's okay, breathe and, and things will work out. I think what I learned from my accident mostly is timing is impeccable. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and there's, it's hard not to survive 
something like that, knowing that all the odds were against you and not believe in something bigger than yourself. It's just, I can't say. Amen, sister. Yeah. <laughs> so that was big. I think it was proven to me that, that I, I had some kind of purpose left. Um, haven't figured out what it is yet, but, but... You've got time. I've got time, yeah. And day to day, are there things you still struggle with as a result of your accident, whether it be mentally, emotionally? Yeah, I think the, the, the body was the easiest part to heal. Uh, the emotional and, and mental stuff, uh, you know, has taken a long time and still is ongoing. I think PTSD, those kinds of things. And, you know, some of the things I had to deal with in the healing process... Um, you know, I, I had to wear a colostomy bag for five months. That really kind of broke my heart. You know, as, as a female, as a girl, you know, I didn't feel beautiful. I, you know, it, it literally broke my heart. And, um, you know, I, I think that I learned to appreciate my body and what it does. Now I go to dance classes and I do all those things. Um, but, it, it, you know, um, the healing, the emotional and mental healing is an ongoing process. It, it takes a long time to undo. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially not just your industry, but just life in general is so busy. And you hear of things like depression and anxiety and it's on the rise. And people don't take mental, I don't want to call it illnesses, but people suffer from anxiety all the time, all around us, yeah. and it is as a result of our lifestyles and because we push ourselves to be better and do better, and yeah. Absolutely, I mean, I'm just learning self-compassion. Mm. I, you know, I got out of hospital the day before New Year 2016, and by February I was working, and I'm just dealing with the fact that, you know, if, if it was someone working for me, and they wanted to come back to work that early, I would have flat out said no. no. Yeah. I would say like, take six months, do it. And yet, I sort of flogged myself and, and made myself believe that I needed to get up and get back running. And, and that's why self-compassion is, is a learning process for me because I think my, my natural instinct is to get up and go. Sometimes it's not the best thing, you know, and, and sometimes you actually have to be kind and gentle to yourself. So it's, it's something I'm learning, not to be so hard on myself, uh, the hard way. <laughs> yeah. So is there a person or a thing that inspires you or inspired you to do what you do and to push yourself every day, whether it be in your personal life or when it comes to work or whatever? No, um, I think... I grew up in, in the former Transkei in the Eastern Cape and there was such diversity there and, and what I started to appreciate was the difference of my culture comparatively to another person's culture and, and a curiosity around it that, um, that people, what, what forms people, what forms their identity, what forms their cultures, their traditions is absolutely fascinating to me. I love it. I love getting to know about people and, and trying to understand them a little bit better. So that's, it's a natural curiosity that's there, I think, from, from being a kid and growing up in such a wonderful environment that I really do enjoy people. And, you know, 
oddities, eccentricities. That's the, that is all of those things. The crux of what you do. Yeah, I mean, I just love it, and yeah. I, and I think you know, I find the everyday woman equally as exciting as a fashionista, equally as exciting as a baker, because there's something, there's a little golden thread that ties all of those people together, and I like to find that golden thread. Nicola, before we wrap things up, it is Women's Month, and if there is one beautiful, sparkly, shiny piece of coin information you could give to every woman in South Africa that you'd want them to hear, what would it be? I think it's something that I continuously try and remind myself of is that um, it's about the process of wanting to be better. Um, it's not necessarily about being the best. Or, you know, it's just about doing your best on a day-to-day. -day. And sometimes it's, you, you know, the 100% that you're doing one day is not the same as the 100% you're giving the other day. But 100% is, is 100% and you... you um, you can't ask from any more from someone than giving their all. And I think it's just the process of continuously doing that that leads up to like a big result. Yeah. It's just like, and if it doesn't go well, just breathe and then do your best the next day. As I like to say, just the best version of yourself. Absolutely. So you are a trend analyst. And so I think why not throw some trending things at you and then I want you just to tell me when it comes to mind whether you think it's overrated or underrated. Okay. Okay, okay. we'll start with some fashion. Like Anna Wintour style. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Animal print clothing. Uh, no, it's here. It stays. It's here. Yeah, it's, it's not going it's anywhere. No. Fantastic. Um, head to toe, black outfit. It's here to stay, mostly in the fashion fraternity, because we don't like to subscribe to trends. Ooh, look at that. Coffee, overrated or underrated? Be careful, we're in a coffee shop. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. I think it's overrated. I think teas, teas are, are here. Teas are the way to go. Green yeah. teas, chamomile. Wellness trends. Yes. yes. Um, and then, this is weird, because we're sitting around a whole lot of books, but books, overrated or underrated? I think um, throwback vintage books, yes. Um, but I think uh, audiobooks, podcasts. That is the way to that go. That is the way to go. And last but certainly not least, Instagram. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually hope it's reached its tipping point. Really? Yes. Okay. I think it's time that we shifted our gears and, and needed to be more creative. That's true. Yeah. We have our lives have become Instagram. Yeah, basically. and I think it's it's reached a saturation point that needs to tip, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Honestly, yeah. Fabulous. Speaking about social media, where can people find you if they're looking for you on social media? If they'd like to reach out to you, uh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Nicola Coop. Uh, Coop is my nickname. Um, yeah, and they can reach out. They can either slide into my DMs or they can Google me and my email address is quite readily available on the internet. Thanks, Coop. It's a pleasure. Before we go, there's something you said earlier and it's about giving every woman the access or access to affordable fashion and clothing. Why do you think it's important for women to look their best? I think, you know, with women, our physical appearance or um, our style is, is a huge indication of 
our personalities, our emotions, our identity. Um, and I do, I do believe in the democratization of fashion. I believe that any lady at any price point uh, should have the capacity and the availability of products to make her feel amazing and look amazing. Thank you. I love that. And there you have it. You are definitely one of our, and I'm going to try and get this right, phenomenal women that we have in this <laughs> That is country. a complex word. <laughs> <laughs> to hear more, check out the full interview on 5FM TV on YouTube. Okay, ladies. Or listen to it on 5FM.co.za. Now let's get information.